Can it be true that what you believe, and let's not stop there, what you say shapes your future and can release heaven's design into the earth? Friend, welcome to episode 46 of Jesus Smart, the podcast. The horizon we're focusing on is that Jesus knows how life works best in the now, and the future is not only his, it's starting to show up in the present. You're listening to episode four in our mini-series on Advent, our Christmas series. Just maybe the possibilities of Christmas are accessible 24-7, 365. The content in this Christmas series is drawn from an ebook which I'm re-releasing on Christmas, Heaven on Earth, The Possibilities of Christmas 24-7, 365. Can what you say release heaven's design into the earth? My dear Elizabeth, please don't be afraid. Heaven's promise is so wonderful, I would gladly be mute the rest of my life rather than forfeit what is about to happen. Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist. It had been eight days since the birth. The humble dwelling was brimming with relatives and neighbors. After a lifetime of barrenness, the Lord had shown favor to the priest and his wife. The old priest had never felt more alive. He thought of the meaning of his name. Yahweh has remembered, as he recalled the messenger's words yet again. Do not be fearful, Zacharias. The Lord has received your requests. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You are to give him the name John, and you will overflow with joy and gladness, and many will celebrate his birth. Of course, the guests expected the son would receive the father's name, but Elizabeth said no. No, indeed, his name is John. The guests were confused. She must be mistaken. There was no one in the family named John. Someone handed the writing tablet to Zacharias. He wrote, His name is John. In an instant, an otherworldly energy surged from the crown of his head to his core. The priest's tongue was loosed. A spirit of praise and prophecy surfaced from deep within. Fear and awe filled the room. The news would flow through the surrounding hill country. Who would this boy become? An act of mercy struck dumb. It had been almost a year since Zacharias was chosen by Lot to offer incense in the temple. He would have regarded it as the supreme moment in a lifetime of priestly service. It was an honor that could be received only once. Because of the large number of priests, most never experienced it. The old priest's thoughts returned to Jerusalem and the temple. As he stepped from the outer court into the holy place, he focused on the curtain. Cherubim were woven in scarlet, blue, purple and gold on the thick veil, soaring 60 feet in height. Beyond was the Ark of the Covenant, the blue-white light of God's manifest presence shining above the mercy seat. Only the high priest entered the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement each year. The altar of incense was before the veil, fashioned with acacia wood and overlaid with gold. The incense, a picture of the prayers of the saints, burned on the altar constantly. The rest of the priest and the worshipers waited and prayed outside the holy place. Alone, Zacharias sensed something in the air he never felt. Time seemed to be slowing down. 
A white light flashed, blindingly bright, driving every shadow from the recesses in the holy place. Do not be fearful. To the right of the altar of incense stood the archangel Gabriel. Zacharias strained to remain upright. Stand. Do not be afraid. Memories and emotions were swirling within as the angel spoke. A son? After all this? My hope has died. And he will be a forerunner of the promised Messiah, ministering in the spirit and power of the great prophet? How can I know this for certain? I am old. My wife, my wife Elizabeth, is weary. Gabriel radiated a commanding peace. Zacharias heard himself saying, How will I know this for certain? I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. What we believe and say is vital to our lives and for the storyline God is calling us to live. Gabriel spoke the last words of the Old Testament. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Luke 1.17 Zacharias could have responded, Let it be to me according to your word, as Mary would soon say. He had opportunity to harmonize with the message from above. The priest and his wife were righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments of the Lord. Yet something within Zacharias caused his faith to struggle with Gabriel's words. His faith had weakened through the years of desire and longing. Time had matured. Prophecies hundreds of years old were about to be fulfilled. The Messiah was coming and John, the forerunner, would go before him. Even so, it was vital that Zechariah speak in harmony with heaven about the conception and life of John. The messenger spoke again, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of the Creator. He sent me to bring this good news to you. Because you did not believe my words, you will be unable to speak until the day comes when this promise is realized. Zacharias would not have thought it on this day, but his muteness over the next months would be a gift. Our tongue steers the course of our life. James, the brother of Jesus, said our tongue was like the bridle in a horse's mouth. The powerful animal is controlled by the use of the bridle. He also compared our tongue to a rudder on a ship. Though the vessel is large and driven by strong winds, it is still directed by the rudder. Wherever the pilot desires, see James chapter 3. You see, my friend, our tongue steers the course of our life. It has a disproportionate effect in our personal world, for good or for bad. James also said the tongue is a cosmos of iniquity, a world of iniquity, a fire, he said, the very world of iniquity, and it sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. James 3, 6. It's amazing to me to consider that our own thoughts and words can singe the destiny we're meant to experience. They can even incinerate it if we let them. The course of our life in James 3 is the wheel of Genesis or the wheel of birth. It is the cycle of creation. Because of our fallen state, my friend, the whole cycle of our life and sphere of influence can be consumed by our speech. We just don't realize how powerful our words are. Our tongue holds the power of life and death, the writer in Proverbs said. 
The opposite is equally true. As we think and speak in harmony with design from above, we receive and activate and catalyze the good things God has designed. God has good plans for us. God received the prayers of Zacharias. We admire both he and his wife as choice servants of the Lord, yet the priest experience teaches us something. It shows us how God views heart, belief, and words. He was not being punished. It's the nature of how things have been created to work. God decided in that moment that he needed to stop Zacharias' disbelieving speech until John was born. Could Zacharias' doubt and negative words have hindered the conception of John, the forerunner of the Messiah? It sure does seem so. Understand the true nature of things and how they work. Albert Einstein said there are only two ways to live your life. One is as if nothing is a miracle. The other is as if everything is. It's clear that our naturalistic mindset is the prevailing worldview of our time. You know, matter, matter is all there is. There is no God who speaks and acts in our affairs. And my friend, my fellow believer in Jesus, if we're not alert, this way of thinking can actually seep into our minds and hearts. We can become what could be called, quote, practical atheist. Oh yes, we believe in God. But our skepticism and our doubt limit his activity in our everyday lives. It's through our faith that we understand how everything came into existence. Hebrews 11.3 The Holy Spirit moved across the chaotic earth at creation. The earth was sterile, barren, empty, and uninhabitable wasteland. As God spoke, let there be light, the creative process began. It all flowed through the expression of his thoughts. And the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 1.3 that everything continues to now be sustained by his powerful word. As we appreciate the true nature of things, we appreciate the critical importance of our words and even our thoughts. This is reality. And my friend, are, are thoughts and words that, that critical? Here's what Dallas Willard says in one of his books, In Search of Guidance. We are apt to find ourselves saying or silently thinking, things just aren't like that. But what is it exactly, he writes, that we find wrong? What is amiss with a universe in which reality responds to a word? What is wrong with a universe in which reality responds to thoughts and intentions? Surely, he continues, we live in precisely such a universe, but our faith does not normally rise to it, or at least not to the extent to which it is true. What a, what a challenging paragraph. Yes, my friend, what, what is amiss with a universe that responds to thoughts, intentions, and words. Invite the living word, Christ, the Logos, to to shape your worldview through the written word. Our thoughts matter. Our words matter. As we think and speak in union with the Creator, heaven's design is released on the earth. Hey there, friend. Just wanted to pull away from our theme for just a moment. We'll get right back to it shortly. You can go to the show notes page for this episode on JesusSmart.com. There you can sign up to receive a free weekly email for next level ideas and practices to advance as a Christ follower. At best, I consider myself to be some intermediate level of a Christ follower, but I invite you on a journey with me. 
as we advance together. With that newsletter, you'll be able to stay in touch with new episodes and other resources that are on the way. Also, a reminder that our content in, the, in these episodes in the Christmas series is taken from an ebook which I'm re-releasing. You can find out more information about that at jesussmart.com. And now let's get back to our theme. Just say the word. The Roman centurion servant was tormented with sickness and ready to die. The centurion loved the servant and sent a message to Jesus at Capernaum. Even the Jewish elders pleaded with Jesus to come and heal the servant because of the centurion's love for Israel. When Jesus was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to tell Jesus he was not worthy of him to come to his home. Listen to what this centurion says. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. You can read about this in Luke chapter 7, verses 1 to 10. It's amazing, truly amazing, that Jesus gave his highest praise about faith, not to a Jew, not to one of his disciples, not to a priest or a Pharisee, but to this Gentile Roman military man. Jesus praised this one who understood how authority flowed, how it worked, and understood the effectiveness of powerful belief-filled speech. And of course, Jesus healed the servant remotely with a word. This is meant to be, my friend, a part of the normal Christian life, not just the story that we read about in the Gospels of the New Testament. It's meant to be a standard to which we rise. So let's reflect on these thoughts for just a moment. All things have been created through Christ and for Christ. As we abide in him, we position ourselves to pray fruitfully and then to speak authoritatively. There it is, my friend. There's there's the dynamic. Praying fruitfully and speaking then authoritatively. And as one teacher says, does anything happen in the kingdom without declaration. Everything happens. Even our born-again experience happens with a declaration of faith. So reflect with me. Was God too hard with Zacharias or was it actually a gift? Do you agree that your expressed thoughts, your words, shape your future? If so, does this concern you or does it give you hope or is it a mix? I think with me it's a mix because I've been challenged in this area. And I've also seen fruit in this area at the same time. And what is your view of reality? The true nature of how things work. Are you a materialist? Are you a practical atheist? Or does your understanding of reality include the belief that our heart issues and our expressed thoughts through belief-filled speech can shape reality, can shape our future? And we truly, in that sense, become a partner, a downlink with the creator on the earth to bring heaven's design. Jesus said that the greatest faith he ever saw was the Roman centurion. Are you surprised by that? At first reading, we probably are. Are we encouraged by it? Are we challenged? It's a template for us. It's a model, a gold standard. I invite you to pray and affirm this with me to advance forward in this area. Dallas Willard said, there are degrees of power in speaking the word of God. And prayer is necessary to heighten that power. Father, we boldly come to your throne of grace, receiving your ability 
We thank you for the gift of asking, the gift of prayer. As I am led by your spirit and the mind of Christ, I pray, believing I have received and that my requests are granted by you. Father, I give you my capacity for thoughts, words, and language. Use my heart, Father. Use my tongue, I pray, to release your design on the earth. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Amen. What a challenge to realize that what we say can release heaven's design into the earth. Our tongue steers the course of our life. And we can understand how God has created things to work, the true nature of things. Everything comes from expressed thought from the Creator. Everything continues to be upheld by His powerful Word. And, my friend, we are now partners with God in His kingdom, steering and shaping things through expressed belief, the thoughts, and the language that are inspired from above. Thanks, friend, for rating, reviewing, and following this podcast on iTunes and other major podcast apps. It's also on Spotify, YouTube, Overcast, a really cool podcast app for those of you who have Apple devices. You may want to check out Overcast. It helps others discover the content to see if it's a good fit for them, plus it keeps you connected. Why don't you grab a screenshot of this episode and push it out on your social media? Maybe tag it with Christmas or Advent or some other hashtag that you think would be good. Visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. You can leave thoughts and questions there. There's a contact page to reach out. And you often find additional resources to dive deeper with the theme on a given episode. Plus, you can sign up to receive a free weekly email for next level ideas and practice to advance as a Christ follower. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is filled with brilliant light. Make it a smart week and all his best until next time.